Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of On the Shop Floor, a Weavers Beyond the Numbers podcast. I'm Coley Horn and this is Curtis Dixon. We're going to be your host today. Today we're going to discuss export incentives and how companies can use those to reduce taxes. And to help us join in that conversation, we have Vince Hauk, partner in charge of our international tax services. Vince. Hey, thanks, Colby. Finally made it on this show. I feel like it's been like two years. So thanks for finally having me on. Slowly just kind of dripping it out, letting everybody join in the fun. But no, I, I do enjoy I told him you were the first person that should be on here, right. to be to be fair to you as a as a fellow tax partner. For sure. Right, right. Yeah, you know, this is a topic that my team lives and breathes. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. Well, Vince, let's just jump into it since you're living and breathing it. There's been a lot of changes in the tax codes as of recently, which Curtis has enlightened us on in, in past episodes. And and uh, one thing that obviously all our clients are looking to do is pay less tax. So, and especially to offset some of these new recent R&D uh, tax changes. So is there anything that you can think of right now on the export incentives or better describe how it's going to benefit? Yeah, so a lot of M&D companies, they sell goods outside of the U.S. And so for all of those companies, there's export incentives out there. And when you think about the export incentive, the important thing to know about it is it's a permanent benefit, not a not a uh, timing difference, it's permanent tax savings. And so you mentioned like the legislative changes that have happened. And so we have had some like the R&D capitalization, which has been unfavorable. I think a lot of our M&D clients have taken a cash flow hit for that, right? So it's all about thinking about how we can use the export incentives to offset some of that cost, right? And so when you think about it very simply, you would say, well, look, if I'm having to capitalize R&D costs, that's less deductions that I'm getting to take. When you think about the export incentives, it's all about calculating qualified income. And qualified income is a net number, so after deductions. So if your deductions go away, right, your benefit increases. And so, you know, that's one thing with the export incentive is that trying to see how we can utilize that to offset some of those costs. And I think if companies just think about, you know, planning and how to maximize the benefit, it will go a long way to get some of that cash back. Along those lines, we know there's a myriad of credits and incentives, but what are some of the, the bigger ones that our clients can get benefit yes. from? So I think the two main incentives from an export perspective, when you think about income tax, are there's two of them. And one is going to be what we call the Interest Charge Domestic International Sales Corporation, also known as the IC DISC. The other one is going to be the Foreign Derived Intangible Income Deduction, which us cool people say FITI. So, <laughs> so, so, so those are the th those are the two main ones. And so, if we dive into each one, just starting with the IC DISC. The IC DISC is an incentive for companies that are manufacturing in the U.S. and they're selling their product outside of the U.S. And there are some requirements like the, the inputs into their product need to at least be 50% value needs to be sourced within the U.S. But once you get over those requirements, it's just all about, you know, export sales. And so with the IC disc, when we think about benefit, it really depends on are you, what type of entity you are. So, for example, if you're a flow-through entity, so that could be a partnership or an S corporation, right? The benefit with the IC disc is what you're doing is you're converting what otherwise would have been ordinary income to the shareholder and you're converting it to capital gain. So at a high level, there's a rate differential of about 13%. Now, that 13% can be eroded a little bit if companies are taking the QBI deduction or something like that. Maybe it goes down to like 6%, but that's 
there's still a lot of benefit there for you know flow through entities. Then if maybe our operating company, maybe we're a C corp, right? And so for corporations, what the benefit really is there is you're getting rid of one level of tax. So if you think about U.S. corporations, normally they pay tax at the entity level, and then again that you know the shareholders are taxed when there's a distribution. So you have two levels of tax. Well, with the IC disc, if it's structured right, you get to the place where you get rid of one level of tax. And so the effective benefit of that is about 16%. And, and so, you know, that's the benefit for C-Corps. And then we get into foreign-derived intangible income deduction. And what that is, is it's another export incentive, but this one's specifically for C-Corps. So you have to be a C-Corporation. And what it is, is if you're selling product outside of the U.S. and it's for foreign use and it's to a foreign person, then it can potentially qualify. There's a lot of documentation requirements and different things to meet. But if you meet those requirements, the benefit is you go from a 21% rate on that income down to as low as 13.125%. So about an 8% rate differential there as well. So with both of the incentives, obviously, you know, if you have enough sales, there can be a very significant benefit there. Everything you've said, I mean, obviously, I mean, that's huge as far as what they could reduce it by or just additional cash in their pocket. So why would somebody not do this or outside of just not knowing about it? Like, is there some complications or thresholds or just kind of barriers to setting something up like this? Yeah. And, and, you know, I think it's all about creating a business case, right? And going in and analyzing and see, do you have enough sales to where it makes it worth it? Because obviously there's a cost, there's calculations that have to go on behind the scenes and, and stuff like that, or entity formation, maybe books and records have to be maintained, stuff like that. So there can be some costs. So you definitely got to make sure it outweighs the cost. But if, if a lot of our clients are doing significant sales and they're doing significant sales overseas. And so usually the benefits there, it's just about creating that business case, helping them understand that there's a benefit there so that they're comfortable, you know, moving forward with it. So Curtis and I actually, we have a lot of mutual clients together, but this past year, one of our larger ones, that's a metal recycling company that has lots of exports. We, as a firm, assisted them with setting up an IC disc. Can you kind of talk us through like that process of like how we would actually help our clients uh, set this up? Yeah. So for setting up an IC disc, you know, the first thing is just educating the client, help them understand the benefit with that particular client with recyclers. You know, there's you know, a lot of benefit there for doing transaction by transaction and, and really maximizing the benefit there. So, so a lot of it's on the front end on the education side, but then we help once we get the business case and help them understand what the potential benefit is there, then we get into kind of the implementation phase. And that's where we'll work with the attorneys. The attorneys will set up the company and that, but we'll help advise how to set it up, which will depend on what type of entity type they are. Are they a flow through entity? Are they a corporation? We'll kind of drive that. Once we get past that point, then we'll take it from there and we will, you know, the, the, the company will have to do the books and records. So they'll do that on an annual basis, but there's really not a whole lot to account for in a lot of our discs, especially when we're doing like commission disc, which is what that one would have been. Um, and, and so there's not a lot of effort on their side, but then on our side, you know, we would do the tax compliance, help with the tax calculations and kind of do what we're doing here, really try to understand their operations and help them maximize the benefit. So high level, I'm hearing you've got foreign sales, certain types of foreign sales, certain industries, there could be this kind of tax rate arbitrage to take advantage of, depending on the entity type or a 
creation of a what would be a double taxation to one layer of taxation. So it really can be beneficial. With that said, having an IC disk entity, does that bring additional scrutiny from the IRS or a, a lot of day-to-day -day burden with the company having to keep track of everything? I mean, what does that look like from those standpoints? Yeah. So from the IRS standpoint, I mean, they put this in place. This is one of the, the IC disk is one of the only incentives that you can have a company that has no substance that you're able to shift income to that is then, because it's a disk, it's not subject to tax. And so from an IRS perspective, pretty low, right? I mean, they put this in place. There's, you know, code and regulations on this, and, you know, allowing for this to happen and, and, you know, and advise on how the, you know, remuneration for the disc has to be calculated. But putting that aside, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, and then just from a standpoint of, you know, companies implementing one, I mean, th there's, if you, if you have a commission disc, there's really not a whole lot a burden on that side other than helping helping us understand the operations and helping supply us the data but we're going to do all the heavy lifting okay that's great yeah because i've had clients you know want to be aggressive in the past uh, that's not a reasonable tax position and even when when talking about the ic disc how can that be we have this entity set up i get a two million dollar deduction that now is capital gain income you know it's, it's interesting how it works it, it sounds too good to be true right it, does it really does absolutely yeah. yeah yeah well what about you know, we've talked about R&D in the past on this show, and, and one thing that's come up is the ability to go back and amend with ICDISC or FIDI, FDII, the uncool people like to call it. Is there ability to go back and amend, or what does that look like from capturing what's been done in the past? So you mean if you don't have a disc today, can you go back in the past? I mean, well, well so the first thing with an ICDISC specifically, I mean, you have to have a disc entity that's made an election for the year ready to go for that year. So there's no going back in time. You, you know, it's going to be you set up the entity and you you have it going forward. Uh, with FDII, it's, I guess it's a little bit different because you could have qualifying cells. Now, the only trick with FDII is that by the time you file the return, there's documentation requirements. So if you're not thinking about it, you probably don't have the documentation requirements to be there, but maybe you do, right? So it is worth at least kicking the tires on that, going back to those prior years to see if potentially you could get the FDII benefit, but that doesn't exist with the IC disk. So some uh, level of trying to get ahead of this and not push this through on October 14th or maybe September 14th, depending on the entity type. That's right. Yes. Let's do it at the beginning of the year. Absolutely. That's all the time we have today on the shop floor. Thanks for Vince for joining us. I uh, hope this was helpful for everybody that tuned in. Please don't forget to go to weaver.com forward slash podcast to join in any of our thought leadership for manufacturing, distribution, retail industry. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletters. Thanks.